We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Tyrese Halliburton and you're listening to Setting the Pace. To another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold. I'm joined today by Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, another Pacers preseason game in the books. Another one that it is. But man, I, you know, selfishly, I was hoping to see Tyrese Halliburton out there itching to see him, you know, playing with Bruce Brown, Obi Top, and a few others. But nonetheless, Pacer basketball back. I'm never going to take any game for granted. Game two of the preseason. There were moments. We didn't get a win, but there were moments. Yeah, so tonight, if you guys did not catch this game and you're catching just a recap on the podcast, Tyrese Halliburton did not play in this one once again. He did not play in the game against Memphis on Sunday. Miles Turner did not play in this game. And, of course, Andrew Nimhart did not make the trip with the team as he was dealing with kidney stones. So those three players did not play. But, Fachi, Daniel Tice got to start with the Pacers tonight, someone that you said on the last podcast that you're wanting to see Daniel Tice. So, you know, he was with that starting unit with TJ McConnell, Ben Matherin, Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin. What did you think of that starting five tonight? Speaking about Tice, Tice had some moments early on. I think he had two blocks like really early on in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously was on uh, the receiving end of a Dylan, uh, Dylan Brooks flagrant two. So yeah, that, wasn't, that wasn't cool. Did not take Dylan Brooks long to pick up where he left off last year. So sorry, Daniel Tice had to, you know, take that shot to the groin. But uh, the starting lineup, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I what do you, what are our expectations supposed to be with Bruce Brown? Obviously, everything's gonna be different with Tyrese Halliburton out there. But what have been your early thoughts on Bruce Brown? Yes, it's two preseason games. Yeah, it's not been fun. I won't lie. I mean, hasn't been great. But it's like one of those things where I think, and I said this in the last podcast, until we see Tyrese with this group, exactly, it is really hard to have any major takeaways. I think offensively, that's where I'm more keen on. Now defensively, Bruce Brown's supposed to be the best defensive player on that starting five. And, well, Jalen Green was kind of having his way tonight. So yeah, it's one of those things where I think, yeah, when you have a Miles back there compared to a Tice, it's going to be a lot different in terms of help side defense. But yeah, Obi Toppin, Ben Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton with that starting five. I mean, there's a lot to be desired there defensively, Fudge. There really is. And I know Obi had his struggles defensively, and that, that's kind of been the rep on him, that it's like, look, you're not getting this all-world defender. And sure, we didn't get to see him soaring through the sky, you know, offensively. He did have one awesome tip back, um, mm-hmm. which was that, was that was great. He did get up really high on that one. but And he had a nice corner three. But it's it's tough because just like you said, you take everything with a grain of salt when Tyrese isn't out there because the Pacers didn't look great. They were in this game for, for a, a large part of it, but there's something still left to be desired when you don't have Halliburton, uh, Miles Turner, and Andrew Nimhart out there because those are three vital pieces to the Indiana Pacers season. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Nimhart's going to bring a lot defensively to this team i think mm-hmm. well, we can talk about the second unit here in a minute but i want to continue with these starters because yep you know mcconnell it's just like i think you can even hear the mic catch it the the rim mic catch it where i think it was obi Toppin said throw it up and yep. mcconnell didn't do it i think mcconnell is a serviceable point guard right we're not going to say anything bad about mcconnell but i think when you're looking at the starting five they need someone like tyrese to really spread the floor and kind of be that leader because when I think about TJ McConnell's lack of a three-point shot and how teams kind of respect him, like it still takes him probably three seconds to, to load that yes. shot up. So it's not like he's out there being Tyrese, just being a 40% three-point shooter, right? So that definitely makes it a little bit easier to guard the Pacers, and then you don't have a Miles out there as well tonight. So I just feel like OB, Ben, Bruce, they're all kind of in this weird spot because you're asking Ben to probably be more of an on-ball creator than you – think he will be this year. I think he's going to have moments, but I think also Tyrese is going to be the one creating almost all the offense and Ben's going to have his moments where he can pick and choose, but it's not going to be like, okay, end of the shot clock. We got to get the ball in Ben's hands because we literally have nothing else. And then Obi Toppin, you know, kind of was hanging out in the corners quite a bit this game. It was like offensively. Um, So to me, it was just like a weird fit on that side of the ball, but defensively Matherin, it's like he plays sometimes good defense for like 18 seconds of the 24 second shot clock. Mm-hmm. And then the last six, he gets kind of lost ball watching. I'm not going to harp too much on it because I don't want to sit here and be negative after this game. It's just preseason. Right. But Obi top. And it felt like no matter what matchup he had, it just, he seemed to be on the bad end of the deal. And it just seemed like he was getting taken advantage of no matter what person he was guarding. And it didn't have anything to do with like him leaking out too early and stuff like that, that happened against Memphis. It was just, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was a lot bigger than him, so it kind of made some sense. But guys were just out hustling him, getting to the ball a little bit quicker than he was. I, I'm still trying to figure him out, but Jabari Smith Jr. was not an easy matchup at all no. for Obi Top. No, no, Jabari, I, I think, is poised for a breakout year. I mean, this this guy at one point was, you know, flirting with being the number one pick in the draft. 
So he is a very talented player. And I do think that he's getting better and better. And he look, he put on some size. So that that is a tough matchup for Obi Top. And I think that we expect more offensively from Obi to make up for the defensive efficiencies. And we didn't get to see that tonight. Overall, the starting lineup, I, I don't think there was really anyone that was really shining. Mm-hmm. This is a group that very much struggled from three. They shot, I believe it was, it was two of 13 from yeah. three. Um, and then offensively, just overall from the field struggled so i don't think there's a lot of great takeaways from from the starting lineup that you're saying you know what i felt really good about this guy's performance but i did feel that we had a little bit more of that in the second unit the second unit had its moments tonight yeah and just real quickly nobody in the starting lineup shot over 40 percent from the field so that's just that's not great now i think the second unit which we should talk about the first five because they did do a complete Hockey substitution, yes, right? Exactly. And yep. they put a brand new five, and that five was Buddy Hield at the point guard, Ben Shepard at shooting guard, Aaron Neesmith at the three. Then you had Jarris at the four and Isaiah Jackson at the five, which I thought, okay, this kind of makes more sense of what I would expect from a second unit based on how the roster looks now without, like we said, Miles, Tyrese, and Nimhart. It's going to look a little different, but yeah, that would be the next five I would have in the pecking order of who I would like to see. Probably. Maybe there's one more player that we'll talk about here in a minute that maybe I like better, but Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was good to kind of see this group come in together, see Jarius and Ben Shepard get the moments there to play with the second unit. But we got to just tip our hat to the guy that I thought was the best player tonight, Aaron Neesmith. Seven and nine from the field, 18 points, was all over the place defensively. Didn't have any rebounds, but I just felt like when he was out there, you really felt his presence. Yeah, I guess it is weird that you did point out that he didn't have any rebounds. That's something I didn't notice at first. But offensively, he he was phenomenal. Yeah. He looked confident. He looked aggressive. He he just looked really, really good. And we felt that with Aaron playing more of the three this year, he talked about wanting to do a little bit more offensively. He did tonight. He looked great out there, and he made his presence known early. And I just feel like... When you're looking at this team overall, Aaron Neesmith, to me, was the player that stood out most tonight. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good point there, Fachi, because we saw him have the ball more in his hands, and mm-hmm. he was creating yep. on ball. And you kind of had to because with that second unit lineup, you know, with only one true point guard that's going to be on that 15-man roster healthy tonight, we once again saw Point Buddy, who led the team with nine yep. assists, Fachi. He was doing his best Tyrese Halliburton impress- impersonation out there, but – you know what I you know, Buddy Hill didn't actually look that bad kind of initiating the offense. Now it didn't lead to great shot looks for him because he only no, shot not two at all. Of ten from the field and, and he made his lot. first two shots, so he went oh yeah. eight after that. <laughs> it was it was one of those things where he was kind of like not really getting the catch and shoot looks that he normally would yep. get. So I, I want to preface that by saying, okay, let's let's pump the brakes on like the shooting percentages. Yeah, they weren't great, but we got to understand why. And then Aaron Neesmith, honestly, if he didn't create anything for that second unit, they would have been, in my opinion, deep doo-doo just because Jairus Walker struggled from the field, just two of ten, uh, as same as Buddy Hill. And I felt like Jairus was kind of pushing a little bit, pressing a little bit more than he did in that first game against Memphis. And it's probably, one, he's back in Houston where he went to college at. Number two, he had a really good game against Memphis, and so he's like – super confident in himself and maybe trying to prove that he belongs a little bit now that he's gotten the the bump up from the third string to the second string. And you could just tell he, he was not the same player that he was against Memphis. He did struggle against them. So 
felt like he was still uh, a good enough player to like talk about in terms of like some things you like, some things you didn't like, but thought Ben Shepard once again, just seemed very poised and might've been the second or third best bench player for this, for this team tonight. Yeah. Speaking on Jarris, I think these are the type of games that we need to take a quick step back because he was the shining star against Memphis. He was, he was awesome. Then you see this performance against Houston. You go, he's a rookie. He's going to have performances like these where he's not as existence like against Memphis. He was everywhere. He did a little bit of everything tonight. He did struggle. He had an awesome block at one point late in the game and he Mm -hmm. did have four rebounds, but yeah, shooting from the field definitely struggled. One of six, you know, from, from three, just after looking at the best that he's looked from three point land against Memphis. And then you mentioned the two of 10 overall. So yeah, you know, he probably did, you know, press it a little bit, but talking about Ben Shepard, Ben Shepard, I feel like, has been that player in the two pre two preseason games so far that people they're impressed with. I mean, he comes out there and it's like he he's able to let it fly immediately and and really get that shot going. He goes three of seven from three, four of nine from the game. He had a really nice block at one point and then pushed mm-hmm. in transition and just overall a balanced effort. Four rebounds, four assists. I feel like from summer league to now. Ben Shepard probably looks like the player that has taken the biggest step forward, I, w- I would say, at least in the two-game span compared to one really good game and one not. I-, I like what I've seen. He's been the most impressive player in the in the two-game stretch here that we've seen in summer – or not summer, like in preseason. I mean, I think expectation-wise, that's a great way to put it because I didn't have a lot of expectations yeah. for him. I thought, you know, rookie – Really didn't feel like, like you said, Summer League, he did kind of struggle a little bit, try to figure out where he belonged. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets out here in these first two preseason games. And I think he made his first three once again when he stepped mm-hmm. on the floor. And it just kind of opens up this confidence to him. And I think Quinn Buckner talked about his demeanor. And we talked about it the last game. He just doesn't really get rushed. He plays basketball the right way. I felt like defensively he did a pretty good job staying in front of his uh, opponent, his matchup. So, it wasn't like he was constantly getting beat off the dribble. Yeah, he's probably not the most athletic guy, but I felt like he did a pretty good job on that side of the ball too from the, the moments I really remember like keying in on watching him. I need to go back and rewatch the game to really give you a full breakdown of everything. But in the moment, it just felt like, okay, defensively, he's fundamentally sound. He's not going to do anything special, but he's going to be disciplined. And yeah, I think that if you're giving out, you know, gold stars to players that have performed well and kind of, outshined what you maybe thought their expectations would be. Ben Shepard's got to be top of the list. I, I think he does. And just shout out to Ben Shepard because the fans were hard on him early on. They really were. It was just like, what are we doing? Why did we make this pick? I don't know. This guy, that he stands no chance at seeing playing time. Now it's like you realize three-point shooting. It's just it's so, so important to every team, and we got a shooter in the waiting. So I'm I'm really excited about Ben Shepard. He's the guy that I'm looking forward to see. Like, hey, I would love for him to be able to have a strong preseason overall. Mm-hmm. So when we go into the regular season, if he's called upon, no one's worried. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Pacer fans, Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at thebluenegolden.substack.com or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on The Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on thebluenegolden.substack.com. Now, let's get back to the show. I hate to be too negative, but the one player that I am worried about, it's Isaiah Jackson. He he picked up two fouls in less than three minutes and then had his third foul by eight minutes. And I felt like at that point, and this is someone that I feel that they've given that opportunity for the first two preseason games where he's come in decently before Jalen Smith. And then when you look at how Jalen Smith played today, I I really liked what I saw out of Jalen Smith. We talked about the size that he put on, but Jalen finishes the game as a plus, uh, he was a plus nine. nine. He had 11 points. He was five of five from the field, six rebounds, a block. I mean, Jalen Smith right now, he rebounded very well in game one compared to Jalen. You know, we, you compare the two, Jalen Isaiah Jackson. I don't think it's close right now. Yeah, and the big thing too for Jalen Smith, zero personal fouls. And exactly, that's a great point right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he was guarding and he was guarding Singun, and it's like Singun is a very you know crafty post player. He's someone that tries to get you in the air, going to use his body to kind of get you out of position and, and create points for himself. And a lot of the time, it's like Jalen just stayed home, stayed disciplined, didn't jump on pump fakes. It's like. When you look at the two between Jalen and Isaiah, Isaiah's more athletic. Isaiah's got the yep. higher ceiling. But Jaylen, had an awesome block at one point in the game. It was it was great. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you love the upside with Isaiah. But if you're looking strictly at fundamentally sound, not going to screw around, like that's just Jalen Smith. Like he's not going to get himself a lot of times. Okay, this is going to sound stupid because I think last year he did a lot as the four. But as a five, that's matured, I think. 
he's showing now that, okay, he's not going to get himself out of position a lot. There was a lot of times last year he did that. So I want to make sure I preface that by saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. looking at last year. I'm looking at the first two preseason games. And even against Memphis, he did have some moments where he struggled, but I felt like in this game, going up against Shingun was a very difficult matchup for anybody. Shingun's a very talented young player. Yep. And I thought Jalen Smith held his own, came in there and completely changed the way the second unit looked, cut the lead back. And they, you know, they cut the lead down that the Houston Rockets had established. So plus nine, like you said, for Jalen Smith, unfortunately for Isaiah Jackson, a minus 18, that is a 27 point differential. If you're looking at plus minus now, I know everybody says, don't look at that. But if you hear coach Carlisle, usually talking post game stuff, he will bring up a plus minus uh, a lot of times when a player is a plus. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, but to Isaiah's credit, um, he was with that third string unit yes. that really struggled. So that did impact his plus minus. So I don't want to say like, oh, he was so bad. He was the worst plus minus on the team because of that reason. No, he just got himself in some bad spots. And I know he got really frustrated with a foul call there in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, which I kind of understand. It was a very quick whistle, but that's the thing. He's just not as fundamentally sound as a Jalen Smith or a Daniel Tice. It's going to be interesting to see how Carlisle determines who gets those minutes and, and what he's banking on. No, it's true. And look, the, the the minus 18, yes, that is influenced a bit by that last group that he was in there with. But at one point when I tweeted out when Jalen Smith at, at the moment was like a plus 13, I believe Isaiah at that point was like a minus nine anyway. So it's not like that, you know, unit at the end of the game really influenced everything. He just, he had five fouls in under 14 mm. minutes. I, th- there's not going to be that opportunity <laughs> in a real regular season game to be able to keep throwing them out there and keep racking up fouls. If he gets a couple fouls, he's not coming back in the game. Mm. So I think Carlisle's given him those opportunities to really be able to say, hey, let's see what you can do. And just right now, I feel like he hasn't really passed the test. Alex, here's the thing. The option, the, the deadline to pick up his option is October 31st. Do you feel that is at risk at all? I don't think so. I think they'll pick it up. I don't think it makes any sense not to pick it up. I agree. It's 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 super early on. And what, what could you really see? Because with it being the 31st, it's so early in the season. But I don't know. I always have that PTSD with, with Solomon Hill and not picking up that option. And, and it's just it, it's uncommon for a team to really, you know, decline an option on a guy where they haven't looked bad. I just feel like the verdict's not out. But you do desire more from Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the other bigs on this roster, right, Jalen Smith has a player option next year. He could walk. There is a team option on Daniel Tice. They could cut him. They could trade him. So at at that point, now Isaiah Jackson, he is your third longest tenured pacer, which is just hilarious still to think about. But it's one of those things where it's like, at least you know you're going to have him for years to come. And then you can also get him back in restricted free agency if you want to go that route and he makes those steps. So like, I would not judge who Jalen, or excuse me, I would not judge who Isaiah Jackson is based off two preseason games. I think that if we're going to let Obi Toppin get off the hook because there's no Tyrese, we've got to let Isaiah get off the hook a little bit with no Andrew Nimhart. I think that Isaiah Jackson, I mean, it just, it just comes down to the fouling with him, I think, and just being available on the court. But he just doesn't play as big as he actually is sometimes, in my opinion. And that's one of the things that I think he could continue to work on where when Jalen gets in there, you feel his presence down low. I just feel like Jalen is a much better rebounder than an Isaiah Jackson too. So uh, I, I'm i pretty high on Jalen Smith as a backup center. <laughs> like I think he's pretty good as a backup center. 
and provides a little bit more offensively too with what he can do. But I think with that contract and that ex- in that extension or the the option they got to pick up, I, I, they have to do that to me, Fachi. I think that'd be silly not to. And the great point you brought up about Solomon Hill is even if not, they don't look like it right now. What happens at the end of the season? Could he turn things around? So you just don't want to lose that opportunity to retain a guy if he does have a breakout part of the year. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't think it's going to come down to, oh, if he doesn't play well in these two preseason games, that's it for him. But, you know, I know the Pacers have been very big on really trying to maximize cap flexibility for, for next year. And that is, an, you know, at this point, I think the option is roughly about $4.5 million. Say it's between 4 to 5 So it's not pennies anymore, but it, it's it's something that I expect them to pick up. But mm-hmm. when you talked about being the better rebounder between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson, man, this Pacers team got crushed on the glass tonight. I mean, 66 to 54 uh, in terms of uh, the Houston Rockets had 12 more rebounds, but also the Pacers committed 31 fouls. Mm. It was a, it was a sloppy game that, you know, when you're looking for uh, an improved defensive group, I don't think that this is the game that you want to look at and say this is the determining factor because it, I looked at this and I just went, this is not real Pacer basketball because they, they played in those shifts, those hockey shifts that you mentioned where it just felt like, okay, this is not going to happen. We're not going to see a five-man group of, you know, Oscar, Isaiah Wong, Jordan War, Kendall Brown, and, you know, Isaiah or Jalen Smith at any point unless there's a minute to go in a game or in, in a blowout, any anything of that sort. But Jordan War, were you shocked to see him not come in until about the nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter? No, because that's where I expected him to come in in the first place. I mean, yeah. expiring contract doesn't really bring it defensively, and he had invested the eighth overall pick in Jarris Walker. I, I just made more sense to get Jarris a little bit more playing time, especially after the game that he had against Memphis. So that did not surprise me with Jordan Moore. You know, you feel bad for the guy because he does bring some stuff offensively, but once again, defensively, I thought he struggled against Memphis pretty bad. I just think he's a guy that has to guard fours because he's not quick enough to guard perimeter players. And even now, I think there are some fours in today's NBA that are going to give him the business off the dribble. So Jordan Wara is a defensive liability. I hate to say it like that, but I think that's just the best way to call it. It's, defensively, he's just not as solid and doesn't have near the upside that the other players do. But I'm going to go ahead and put a hot take out here. Maybe it's not a hot Ooh, take, but maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. This isn't really like a preseason thing, but I think it's something just that I felt for a while now. I still think Aaron Neesmith is the best defensive power forward on this roster. Yeah, I mean, I'd say right now, yeah. Yes, I think right Jarvis Walker, has, he, he, he's, he's got potential. He's got, but he, he was has the of, potential. He ain't ready yet. He's a rookie. He's out of position a lot tonight. <laughs> He's going to learn this stuff, and I'm not worried about that. But if you're looking right now, if you're going with the closing lineup, who do you want at the four? I think I would like to see Aaron Neesmith out there to close games just because I know defensively he is going to be able to switch one through four most likely. He might not be able to guard fives, but at that point, I don't think Obi Toppin can guard fives. No. I, I don't think Jordan Moore can guard a five. and. Mm-mm. Definitely think uh, Jairus Walker could, but he's just not there yet. I mean, you could even maybe make the case of Bruce Brown could be in that mix too as your best option at the four to close a game. But I just think Aaron Neesmith, his versatility is so important to this Pacers team, and we do not talk about it enough. No, we don't. And I, I think a night like tonight was like – also, Aaron looks to be in great shape. It looks mm-hmm. like he's added some muscle as well. I, I just feel like 
this is such a big year for him. And, and like last year was such a vital experience for him to be able to get the minutes that he got that I just feel like he now knows what to really work on. And so far, I mean, yes, it's the, the spur of the moment coming off of a really good game, but man, I'm just, I'm really excited for Aaron this year. And I just feel like this is that situation when we did that minute breakdown, it felt like a crime to only be able to give him the, well, you know, it's hard to find him more than 15 minutes or so, but like, we need Aaron Neesmith and what he brings to the table. And Brick's going to have a, a tough job being able to divide up all these minutes, but Neesmith is someone who's going to be vital to this Pacers team success. Right. Absolutely, Fachi. So to kind of wrap things up here, it was not the prettiest preseason game. The Pacers will have their fan jam on Saturday at 1 o'clock. They're going to have a a shorter game, two 15-minute halves. They want to treat it as like a like a real scrimmage game with real officials. We'll see how that plays out. So if you're going to be in the building, I'm definitely going to be there for it. So let me know if you're there. Hit me up, whatnot. But we got that coming up. And then we got two more preseason games at home. And I would say if you look at the Rockets fan base that came out tonight, wasn't the greatest showing for the fan base. It was not. So if you're in Indiana and you want some decently priced preseason tickets, Get out there and support the guys. You're going to see most likely all 18 guys play. I would assume that Halliburton plays at least one or two preseason games to kind of get him ready to go. And it would make sense to kind of save those for the home fans. So uh, I'm not too worried about everything that happened tonight. I think there's just little things we can take away from it. But any any players you want to highlight that we didn't touch on yet? Uh, I I just think that the the, the two-way guys, it just – it didn't look great tonight. I mean, there was nothing to really write home about. Kendall Brown, Isaiah Wong, Oscar Shibway. Uh, Oscar played three minutes. Kendall and Isaiah played about nine minutes. I didn't see really anything that I was like, wow, okay, we got to get this guy a couple more minutes. Did you see anything from that group that said, you know what, this guy might really be able to crack some playing time this year? Yeah, no, I mean, I think we kind of already know that these guys are – not rotation players right now in their NBA career. But I will say this, to their credit, they're playing with each other, and that to me is not what they're – like they're being asked to do stuff that they normally (laughs) wouldn't be able uh, to do or they wouldn't be asked to do in a a regular season game. So it's like, hey, Kendall Brown, you know, go create off the dribble. Uh, No, we don't really want to see that. Uh, You know, Isaiah Wong, go lead the offense out here. No, we we don't want to see that either. It's like – you're not trying to be mean with these guys and you want to give them more opportunities to showcase what they can do. But if you're in a situation where one of these guys has to play, they are going to be very limited in what their role is. And then when you put them out there with the final five, it's almost like you're expanding their roles to do more than what they're probably capable of doing in a real regular season basketball game. So it's unfair to really judge them off that. But at the same time, the Rockets were having the same type of players out there mm-hmm. on, on, yep. on for their team. So no, this is uh to me, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, these are these are good G League players that can continue to grow and develop down there. But a lot of times with two-way guys, you never really see them with the franchise past the two years that they're eligible for that two-way contract. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. No, it will be. In the past, I just felt like the Pacers didn't really have um that same type of potential at the two-way contract. So you know, Kendall Brown is someone that I, I would really love to see succeed. Um, Oscar Shibway, obviously, I got the, I got the ties to Oscar. I love me some Oscar, but game looks a little fast for him at times, and obviously he is a bit undersized. And 
Isaiah Wong, probably a little bit more of a long shot, but I think all three guys will benefit big time being in the G League this year. And uh, I think Ben Shepard has definitely, obviously, a first-round pick. He's very much separated himself Mm -hmm. from any of that group and been like, look, I'm a first-round pick. Give me playing time. I'm going to make it happen from three-point land. The defense has been there. So uh, shout-out to Ben Shepard tonight. And then also Aaron E. Smith, definitely my player of the game. We gave him his flowers. He deserved it. And then Jalen Smith so far, I really like what I've seen from Jalen. And I I just feel like we're getting a different Jalen Smith this year. And I think he's going to distance himself and uh, capture that backup spot for the bigs. Uh, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jalen because I still think Tyus could make some sense as the backup center. I thought he actually provided some pretty good minutes with the starting lineup. I I think – He's very calm. He's he's a veteran, right? He's a guy that's played a lot of basketball in his career. And I think he's in year seven right now in the NBA. He's had some deep runs with playoff teams, and he just won the gold with Germany. Like, he's played mm-hmm. a lot of basketball, and he just kind of gets it. So if they're really wanting to win, I think he could make some sense. But like you said, I think between Jalen and Isaiah right now, I would give the upper hand to Jalen. So with that being said, Fachi, let's go ahead and wrap up tonight's episode. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at Pacers Pod STP. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Pod STP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Yeah, you can go to youtube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where this episode will not be available. It'll be audio only, just like our previous preseason recap but moving forward we are going to try and have our post-game recap shows on the youtube channel um, i'm about to i'm recording this about 11 15 after the pacers game against houston i have not uploaded the jeremiah johnson interview yet busy night last night but that will be up for you on wednesday morning if you would like to check out that youtube video so make sure you guys tune into that if you for some reason did not catch it here on this feed so with that being said Foch, if you're excited to see what jalen smith can do in the next two preseason games then hit me with those three words let's go pacers setting the pace going to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number one podcast sweeping every team we gonna need a mop Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.